You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A, sponsored by Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Dr. Gray. I'm so grateful to be here. And thank you for you know the opportunity. Yeah, thanks for coming on. What can I help you with? Okay, so I am, I mean, I watch a lot of your things, so it's not the first time you've got a non-traditional. Um, <laughs> so I am non-traditional. Okay. Um, I think where I'm at is be, I have done a lot of research. I've even called medical schools and um, post-bag programs, and I get a lot of information that's um, contradictory, and it's very confusing. Yeah. And so I was hoping, you know, to kind of kind of get clear answers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I will. I will tell you right off the bat that that is the most frustrating part of my job is that the answers are contradictory and yeah. and you just have to deal with that. And at the end okay. of the day, it's because humans are running the show. Human beings in different admissions committees at medical schools, at post-bac programs, they all have different desires and different wishes and different things that they hold to a higher standard. Uh, different mm -hmm. things that they're putting up on a pedestal, whether that's they want a higher GPA or higher MCAT score, or whatever that is, which is why you get different answers. And so there, okay. before I even answer whatever question you have to ask, the the answer always is it depends, and that's frustrating. Okay. But that's that's the answer. So what what is your question? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, all right, so. Um, I have my undergrad in developmental psychology. I took no science courses. Well, I took biology 101, I think, for my one of my prereqs. But anyways, my undergrad is a 2.59. Um, then I went on and I'm, I'm not completed with my master's in marriage and family therapy, but I'm a year to be done. But I do have a 4.0. Um, I'm an honor student and I've done a lot of things with them. Anyways, my question is, is that I'm learning a lot that my graduate program, it means kind of nothing. Yep. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's an <laughs> easy answer. Yes. It, it means <laughs> nothing, unfortunately, right? It's, it's not, it's not a hard sciences. And so yeah. at the end of the day, medical schools are constantly asking themselves, are you academically capable of doing well in our program? Right, and they, they each have their own standard for what that looks like. But with a lower undergraduate GPA, what's your major in in undergrad? Developmental psychology. Okay, so non-science for undergrad, yeah. non-science mm -hmm. for master's, mm -hmm. low non-science undergraduate GPA, mm -hmm. really high non-science master's GPA. So you figured something out there. Maybe it's just you found your passion for, for what you were studying. And so it became easier or your master's program up. was just easier. You grew up, right? It's a very common story. The good thing is that hopefully you'll have a very high science GPA when all is yeah. said and done, because you haven't had the bulk of your science courses yet. And that's a very good thing. And that's a, a very easy story to see. And this is why I'm always, always, always harping on your final number doesn't tell a story at all about who you are. But seeing a very low undergraduate GPA with a very high post-bac science GPA, assuming that's the route you go, yeah. mm -hmm. will tell the story of, 
you weren't growing up then, or you didn't have your passion back then, you figured out what you wanted in life, and you went and you conquered it, and you crushed your science courses. Your cumulative undergraduate GPA will never be great. And that's just something you're going to have to live with and be okay with, knowing that your science GPA can still be very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to apply to a broad range of schools, and, and you're going to have to find a school that's going to parse those numbers apart. And remember, medical schools can see every single data point that you put in your application. And so they they don't just look at generic I'm a 3.2 student, whatever your final GPA may end up looking like, your, your undergraduate GPA, just let's just ignore the master's. You, you may be a, a 3.1, a 3.2 student when all is said and done, but that's not the only number they're looking at. They're going, okay, you have a 3.1 GPA. Well, what's your science GPA? Oh, your science GPA is a 3.7. Oh, what's your last 20 hours? What's your last 30 hours of credits? Oh, it's a 3.7, a 3.8. Right, they can parse those numbers any which way they want, and and you're just going to have to find the schools, which unfortunately is very hard because most schools don't really talk about their process in terms of how they're calculating GPAs and what they're looking at, what they're not looking at, etc. You're yeah. just going to have to to hope and pray that the schools that you are interested in, that you are applying to, are going to be schools that are going to parse your GPA the way that it needs to be looked at. Got it. And is it true that DO schools are more likely to do that than MD schools? I wouldn't say that DO schools are more likely to do that. I would say that DO schools have historically been friendlier to lower GPAs because mm-hmm. they are they are looking past just GPAs. They are not looking for the ego boost to say, "Hey, our median GPA for our students is a 3.8." They they don't they, mm-hmm. they're not beating their chest going, "Ooh, look at look at how high we can get our stats." I didn't and one of, as we're recording this, one of my most recent pre-med years podcast episodes was was completely trashing, I hope uh, in the minds of everyone who listened, completely trashing the U.S. News and World Report rankings, which completely, unfortunately, um, continues to perpetuate this problem of higher and higher stats. Got it. Um, well, okay, so I do. I am aware that um, I have to take my science classes. I currently enrolled into a local community college. Um, I have seen a few of your, you know, podcasts about, you know, community college versus university credits. Um, I was told that the best option for me would be to do half and half, like half at community college for prereqs and then half at the university. Why? Um, because what he had told me was, um, who's he? Um, a fellow doctor who was willing to give me some advice because I, like I said, I was finding a lot of misinformation. So I was trying to yeah. talk to anyone who was willing to talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, um, I will. I will tell you that fellow doctors are probably the worst people to ask for advice because okay. the far majority of physicians out there have no idea what goes on in the admissions world. They just know what they did. They hear Mm -hmm. anecdotes from other people. Maybe they served a year on their admissions committee 20 years ago. Um, But you have to, you have to take everything you hear from physicians uh, Mm -hmm. with a grain of salt. 
Well, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so then, ha- then basically- yeah, half and half. There, there's no, there's no logic behind that. That's just something oh. that he is saying probably because he's heard the the rumors, which that they're they're true. Um, that some schools have some bias, negative bias against community college courses. Yeah. That is slowly going away, and so the they Dr. Scott Wright, who's my VP of Academic Advising at Mapped, likes to term things in the kind of the terms of ideal um I, I can i can't think of the words off the top of my head ideal like acceptable and not acceptable right ideal for the far majority of medical schools because there is a lot of negative bias out there is take it at a four-year university that uh-huh. will kind of shut down any sort of objection to your ability to to do well the, the question of your ability to do well there may be some some people out there who still will look at your community college and go, yeah, but it's community college. And I don't know if that's enough to overcome your low undergraduate GPA. So that, that sort of mentality, unfortunately, is still out there. Yeah. But I typically talk in terms of big picture, macro, what is, what is the, the far majority of schools, how are they going to view your application? And the far majority of schools out there are going to look at your classes, they're going to see how you're doing now, and they're not going to care that it was done at a community college, as long as you have a good reason why. If, if, if financially it made more sense, schedule-wise it made more sense, yeah. whatever that looks like, as long as you have a reason, which they may ask you, yeah, then you answer it. Where things get sketchy is is if you are maybe more of a traditional student, you are taking organic chemistry at your four-year university, you get a C you or a C minus, you go to the community college, take organic chemistry, you get an A. You go back to the four-year mm-hmm. university, take uh, OCHEM 2, you get a C, you go to community college, and you get an A for OCHEM 2. Right? That's where things get fishy and the questions start coming why do you keep bouncing back and forth? Are mm-hmm. you struggling as a student in what is typically perceived as harder coursework? And, and this is where the big the, the issue comes from, is that there's a perception that community college is easier than four-year university, which is asinine, right? You yeah. see a lot of times now, it's the same professor teaching at the four-year university as it is oh, at the community <laughs> college just because they're picking up some extra shifts and they, they need the money to, to pay for their student loans or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And so that it's, it's just asinine. So that's where the majority of the problem comes in. For a non-trad like you, who you went to university, you graduated, and now mm-hmm. you're looking at what is next. If you need to go to community college, go to community college. Don't think twice about it. Will there be a medical school that won't like it? Yes. There's Mm -hmm. nothing you can do about that, though. So so don't put yourself into a financial hardship. Don't kill yourself schedule-wise just to go to their four-year university. Yeah. Schedule, for sure, because I'm a mom. And so I can't, you know, community college definitely works with me better. (laughs) Yeah, then do that do that. Well, and I called ahead to a post-bac program, which I do plan to do, um, and mentioned, you know, community college versus university. And they told me they didn't care. Um, yeah. So, so, so here, let, let's take a time out. Okay. Why are you talking about community college 
and a postback program. Oh, well, um, I guess I was under the assumption that I'd have to do all my prereqs at the community college, then apply to a postback program. Nope. Your community okay. college prereqs is your postback program. Okay. So it's, it's, it's not either, it's, it's not both. It's either or. Students will either do uh-huh. a do-it-yourself postback program, go to a community college, go to a four-year university, do some combination of both, and take all of the prereqs that they need uh-huh. and apply to medical school. Take the MCAT, apply to medical school. Or students will apply to a postback program. A formal postback program, the biggest differentiation is do-it-yourself versus formal. Okay. What you are talking about, because you're confused, and that's why I'm here fixing it for you, is you're confusing the need to do do-it-yourself work to prepare you for formal work. And that okay. is, you don't need both. It's one okay. or the other. So hopefully what I just did for you was I saved you lots of time and lots of money. Yeah. You don't need both. Yes. You don't need both. At the end of the day, you need to prove that you are a good student. Go to community college because that's what fits your lifestyle as a mom, as a non-trad, whatever it is. Do really well. Get a 4.0. Uh-huh. Take yeah. 20, 30, 40 credits, whatever you need, and some extra just to kind of cherry on top, make sure that there's no more objections. Okay. And then apply to medical school. Going to community college and then doing a formal postback on top does nothing other than continue to add credits and hopefully A's to your transcript. There's nothing special about a formal postback that will make the difference between you getting in or not. Well, I think that was my concern is because since my undergrad GPA was so low, I thought, you know, I have to do the community college stuff and then do a postback to get as much, you know, credit as possible. Yeah. Just, just take myself. lots of, just take lots of classes at community college. And if you need okay. to take more classes at the four year university, just to add uh-huh. more credits under your belt, then yeah. do that. There's nothing special about a postback program that's going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You have totally just changed my life. <laughs> good. Good. Hopefully saved um, you some money. <laughs> yeah. I um I have been working really cl- the, the funny thing is, well, I mean, I was talking to the postback people and that's kind of what because with postback you have all these pre-requirements and it's all these undergrad sciences. So she yeah. never you know, which, implied which, me like just makes no sense to me. Right. It's like come to to our postback program where we are going to help you improve your GPA. But Uh to come here, you have to prove that you have a good enough GPA. It's like that's the whole point of the program is to like prove that I'm good enough because I struggled earlier. And and this yeah, is but... it just it blows my mind, especially there's there's a lot of postback programs out there, both at an undergraduate level and a master's level. It seems to be more common on the, the master's level postback programs, like special master's programs or, yeah. or non-special master's programs that are still geared towards pre-health students or pre-med mm-hmm. students, where they require an MCAT to get into the program. 
Yeah, like, the program the I'm whole, looking into requires it. The whole point of going to your program is to help me so I can do well on the MCAT. Why are you going to require it before I even come? It makes yeah. zero sense other than they're looking for naive people who are ignorant to the process, right? Yeah. Just by the strictest yeah. definition of ignorant. It's I'm not true. calling you ignorant, but, no, but it, ignorant I to the process. And, and, and they're taking advantage of those students, plain and simple. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mm. All right. Good to know. I'll be crossing <laughs> that off my to-do list. Cross it off your list. You, you do not <laughs> need to go to a post-bac program. The only time I tell students to go to a post-bac program is if you are self-aware enough that you need the structure, that you need the accountability, that you need that sort of potential built-in advising in and around that post-bac program. If okay. you need that, great. Go spend four times as much money on those courses than you would have had spent at community college if that's what you need, right? It's the same argument between do you need an MCAT course or can you self-study? Mm -hmm. Everyone potentially could self-study, but there are some yeah. people out there who want the accountability of showing up for a course, showing up, knowing the instructors are waiting for them, mm -hmm. right? That's the yeah. same, it's the same difference. You, you're willing okay. to pay more because you are self-aware enough to know I need this or else I won't do well. Got it. See, I can say that I don't need it because I have very good self-discipline. And so I, and I've gotten my master's online. So yeah. I've, okay. <laughs> Forward, I guess. Um, is, so, to, in order to get like the science pre requirements that I need, is it because I kind of been going through like medical schools and what they require? Yep. Is there like a set minimum, or because some schools are very different than others? Yeah, a lot of schools are moving away from prereqs. They're just saying, you know what? Are yeah. you academically capable? Period. I don't care that you yeah. have taken the two Gen Chem, two two Gen Bio two organic chemistry, biochemistry, two physics, one English, right? A, a lot of schools are moving away from that, but that's still mm -hmm. the standard is yeah. Gen Chem 1 and, and 2, mm -hmm. bio 1 and 2, organic chemistry 1 and 2, biochemistry, okay. physics mm -hmm. 1 and 2, English for a lot of schools. Uh, some schools require stats. Some schools require anatomy, physiology, or just anatomy, depending on the school. So yeah. though that's kind of always been the foundational courses. Yeah, and, okay. and the far majority of those courses are helping with the MCAT as well. And mm -hmm. then you add in psych -soc, which probably for you is going to be less of an issue because of your undergraduate major. Uh, but, but those are the bare minimum. But then somebody okay. like you, you're going to probably need more courses than that. And so you're going to potentially look at statistics or cell biology or genetics, looking at more of the upper division biology classes that are okay. going to help your science GPA in terms of just getting more and more credits as close to a 4.0 as possible. Okay. Got it. Like the, not my overall GPA, right? Just the science is just the okay. science. Yeah. That's, that's what you're worried about right now is your science yeah. GPA. I don't know if you've done the math in terms of your undergraduate GPA with how many credits you have now how many credits you would need at a 4.0 to get to a 3.0. I would, I would look at that number and see if that's potentially attainable. 
if you're looking at all of the courses that you're planning on taking and you have 30, but it would take 40 credits to get to a 3.0 undergraduate cumulative GPA, I would uh-huh. potentially look at doing that just because it's a very easy cutoff for a lot of schools to say, 3. we're not, we're not going to look at anybody less than a 3.0 cumulative GPA. Okay. So, um, I just, I found out through calling a school that they don't take your reg- the GPA, your undergrad states, they take the GPA because they calculate, they calculate the classes you either, um, failed and retook. Correct. Yeah. So what, what, what I would recommend doing is go to mapped. If you haven't already, MAPPD.com sign up for a free two week trial sign up in general is what I would recommend. (laughs) Um, cause I'm biased. Um, but use, use our built in, uh, course catalog and, and have that calculate what your medical school GPAs will be. Oh, okay. The application services don't care what your transcript GPA is because if you've retaken a course, yeah. some undergraduates will just ignore your first course and they'll only use your newest course, which if mm-hmm. you're replacing a C with an A, that makes mm-hmm. your GPA look a lot better. For medical school applications, you have to input every single course, every single grade, it all counts, unfortunately. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause I retook in three classes. So unfortunately that might lower my GPA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Um, so, um, for, for your, I mean, your opinion, should I be continuing in my master's program now since it kind of doesn't help me in this path or do you Cause I still have a year want left. to? Well, I mean, it'd be nice to have the degree to be honest with you, but since I don't plan to pursue that way, it would be I, nice to have the degree for what? I don't know my wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very that's very old school thinking, right? It's like you you have to have that piece of paper to to prove that you've accomplished something. In terms yeah. of your current direction in life, okay. unless potentially you want to be some sort of super niche marriage and family psychiatrist, and you think your your master's degree may help with your branding and your future business. Like if you're thinking yeah. that far ahead, then great, continue it. But in terms of will it help with your medical school application, it won't. And schools aren't going to care if you drop out of it. It's okay, big, that was my concern, yeah. yeah. Because the answer, is, the answer is I decided I didn't want to pursue that path anymore. And so I went full steam ahead with this pre-med path. That's very, very easy. Oh, okay. Okay, that's that's challenging. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, um, gosh, um, I was trying to look at. Um, well, um, okay, so speaking of my masters as yeah. well, um, I actually start my internship with a diagnostics a diagnostic center. Um, is that considered clinical if I pers- finish pursuing the degree? Like, would I be able to put that as clinical? It depends on what you're doing. Clinical experience is interacting with patients. So if you're interacting with patients in some way, then... As a therapist, yeah, yeah but then, you're not, like, touching yeah. or... I don't have a little doctor next to me, though. Yeah, that's okay. I would, oh, I would I probably okay. consider that clinical. I, I wouldn't make that the bulk of your clinical experience. I would still go out and get other more traditional clinical experience, but I, I think I would consider that clinical. Okay. Just curious. Okay. Yep. Um, 
gosh, you know, I had so many questions on here about like post back and stuff like that. And I seriously just crossed it all out. So I'm like, I don't even know. what. To... Good. Um, all right. I don't, I don't know. I think I, I think that's all I had. I mean, you clarified a lot. Good. And I, that's... I'm excited for my, you know, my, my journey. <laughs> yeah. Well, good luck on that journey. Hopefully we made it shorter for you, less intimidating, less financially yeah. impactful and, uh, yeah. and hopefully get you, get you closer to your dream. Yep. One day, right? One <laughs> Keep day. Keep going. Yep. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group.